Hey everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you, th- you think we should cover in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's exciting episode of Our Certain Point of View. My name's Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. And I'm Papa Bear. Are you sure? He is Papa Pop- Bear? Wait a minute. Yeah, he I better be Papa Bear. Or we've been hoodwinked, I tell you. Well, we are on episodes... Jim? What? I'm Jim. Oh, yeah. We're on episode 76. 76. The Spirit of 76, right here. And it is Sunday, April 25th, because apparently we're just perpetually late on our podcast now. Uh, I think we've recorded on Sunday the last three podcasts in a row. So, um, yeah. Um, tonight's episode is called Notes on Being a Mother and Tall and Zen. (laughs) Tim came up with that. Yeah, we're talking about the Night Sisters and Mother Talzin. So if you're into some dark side lore, well, do we have a treat for you, my friend. Sunday, April 25th, we're recording. And now, the news. Tim, take it away. All right. Uh, one of the biggest things is uh, pretty exciting. On May first, I believe it is available for purchase, but I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be one of those stay up till midnight and order it if you want it. Um, but based on what I've seen, I think it'll disappear quickly and then start corn to dogs. fall back into shelves. Not There's corn a dogs. Lego R two D two. Lego R two D two. Yeah, big one in the uh, two thousand three hundred and fourteen pieces range. How many? 2,314. How complicated can this be? It's a trash can with a lid on it. It is. It is. A trash can with a lid on it. Um, and it is $199. Do you build a little Kenny Baker inside the thing? or and no? 99 cents. No. Wasn't his name Kenny Baker? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So you don't build a little Kenny Baker and put him you right there? You do not yeah, build Kenny Baker inside of <laughs> Was uh, that but wrong it does have some, it, No. Okay, good. Um, it does have some uh, some parts that, that open up and some of his tools that are available and things, so it's it's a neat little build. Uh, Sweet. Part of the 50th. This is one of those items that was originally available for $180 back in, I think it was 2003. That's money. Um, and then it disappeared, and it went away for a long time. And, well, now it's back. People have been wanting this set to come back for a long, 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 long time, and... It's here, so. I'm glad you brought that up. How much is it? Uh, 200. Well, how on earth am I going to afford something like that, Tim? You know what we're going to need? Say sponsors. Yes, because here we go. Are you ready for tonight's sponsor? Well, we have one. Ready or not, here it comes. Say, everybody, (laughs) are you ever wondering how to find X? 
where X might be hiding. Sometimes X is an enigma hidden away in a room that's really, really dark. If so, that's algebra. From your friends at We Care About Math. <laughs> so, we're trying to find X, and I don't know what he's selling. I think he just literally described algebra. Um <laughs> So I get that. I get that. My voice in the dark room. I get that. My voicemail, and I'm like, "Yeah, put it on." <laughs> I, I mean, usually he's pitching something. I guess. Why not? You know, it's Sunday. Why not? Algebra. Um, uh, today, algebra. <laughs> today's episode has been brought to you by algebra. <laughs> I think it's brought to you by X. Oh, by trying fair. to find X. Yeah, today's episode is brought to you by... Oh my gosh, these are binomials. I've got more than one factor I'm looking for. (laughs) Okay, polynomials, binomials. Tim, am I getting my terminology? You're the math guy. Uh, You're using math terminology, yes. Yes, yes! Uh, Speaking of prime numbers... Yeah, we are. Did you update the countdown? Because is this right nine days? All right, wait a minute. Are we done with news, first of all? We are. I, I think we're done with news. I didn't have... Uh, there was some wait, other stuff wait. going on, but... I, I have news. I have okay. big news. Hmm? News that is what we call big. How big? Um, I mean, it's smaller than a, than a mid-size SUV, but it's bigger than, say, an economy car. Anyway, um, have y'all ever heard of a show called The Riff? Yes. It's yes. a brilliant music program. Well, I got myself a guest spot on there. So uh, next Tuesday, um, which I can't even do the math. Was it the 27th? Yeah. Uh, April 27th, uh, the uh, riff is actually going to be brought to you by yours truly, Jim. I'm Jim. And, uh, yeah, Gordon and I were talking, and he was like, I'm a historian. Where He was like, hey, are you interested in contributing something? So I said, you know what? Why don't I do a history of rock and roll? So Tuesday, the 27th, on the Riff, um, there's at least going to be a segment called Jim's Corner, apparently. Um, no one puts baby in the corner, but apparently you put Jim there all the time. And I'm going to answer the question once and for all, what was the first rock and roll song? So if you want to know how that's defined, there are three major schools of thought. I'll give you that. Um, that much on this show. But if you want to know what the first rock and roll song was, you got to listen to the riff on uh, on Tuesday, April 27th. Yeah, so it's only on, available on Spotify for uh, licensing and copyright purposes. That All that music has to stay on Spotify. Um, so yeah, check it out. That's my news. I'm excited, but I really enjoyed doing it. So much more than this podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh, let's talk Star Wars. <laughs> no, I, obviously I'm kidding. This is uh, this is still my, my number one love because, oh my gosh, tonight's topic, was this my idea? Because if it wasn't, it should have been. I am in love with Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters, and that's what we're talking about tonight. I'm in love with the Clone Wars, so let's let it roll. Let's get down to countdowns. Unless y'all want to say something about my uh, riff announcement. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Yeah. All right, countdowns. We are um, uh, uh, an amazing, awesome... Two days away nine, from my episode of The Riff. Nine days away <laughs> from Star Wars Day. and uh, Oh, so excited. I've got to say this. Nine so, days. That's just over a week, Tim. Yeah, Jim, Jim made a big mention uh, earlier about it's our just over a week. Uh, recent tardiness. Um, and yeah. you will see that start to... Uh, Fade because we've got some some deadlines to meet now. Got some hard um, deadlines to make here. So, and this is what we're going to say at the end of the episode. I'm going to say it now. We are. Uh, um, what's Papa Sunday? Bear. So five days we're away. We're getting from, up at uh, four a.m. This is a uh, what ninety minute um, release or is it seventy yeah, minutes? I think it's ninety start. minutes. It's a long start. Um, of what? Of what? We haven't even said it yet. What's well, happening there with Star yet. Wars? Day? I wasn't getting there yet. We're oh, before Star Wars Day first. I'd, five days from now. Um, we're gonna do a five days. A reminder of four of the episodes from Star Wars Clone Wars season seven on so our certain gonna, point of view. Yeah, um, and we're gonna be uh, keeping ourselves a little bit more uh, on track with that, so people can give a listen sometime over the weekend before Tuesday, May fourth, which is Star Wars Day, and also the release of Bad the Bad Batch. Yeah, so. I'm super excited about that. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming out about Bad Batch. Heck yeah, um, Bad I've Batch is going to be sweet. I, seriously, man, this is like Christmas for me. I am so excited about this. A 90-minute premiere. In other words, we're getting a Star Wars movie even when we didn't know we were getting a Star Wars movie. There have been things Heck stated yeah, Bad about Batch Bad Batch that um, make it seem like they're already prepping for a second season. Of course. I hope. Um, well, you don't do the first season without, you know, prepping for the second. Well, well you don't prepare. Do I mean, you don't prepare for failure, Tim. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> Marvel's been doing one-offs. Well, I say that, but DC has been preparing for failure this whole time. Oh, shots yeah. fired. Um. Yeah, Bad Batch has got a 90-minute uh, premiere coming out, so in nine days, which means, like Tim said, next Friday, we're going to kind of do a recap leading up what's going on, who are the Bad Batch, you know, the end of the Clone Wars, in other words, the series, uh, the Filoni series. I'm so excited about this. I'm serious. It's like Christmas for me, because uh, we talked about this before. Countdowns have not meant a lot to me lately, because it's not like, you know, the days before Rise of Skywalker, when it's like, oh, we have one more movie in the Skywalker saga. But I do feel that energy for Bad Batch because I love it that much. Yeah. Hi. I'm yep. Jim. And this show is going to take us... Um, right now they have 14 <laughs> episodes listed. Well, that's not enough for me. And that takes us through the end of July. Okay. <laughs> well, now I'm depressed. Hey, speaking of which, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break stride here. Did y'all finish uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Uh, no, no spoilers. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it. Holy cow! Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I. This was a show that I've said on our podcast that I, I I didn't really feel compelled to watch. Like I watched it and I enjoyed it, but those last like three episodes, especially the last episode. Yep. Uh, wow! Like I, I started to feel like I, I'm going to say it. You know what? Tim, what? Papa Bear, I'm going to say this on the podcast. Uh-oh. I got emotional. Yeah. I know. I'm not an emotional man. As uh, as Torpedo Vegas once said, 
I am not a man easily moved. All right, all right. Can we can we talk about it for a second? Can we announce no spoilers, spoilers right, right now? Yeah, yeah, we can, yeah. We could say let's just uh, we're gonna have some spoilers here for the next couple of minutes. Oh, okay. Right, Papa Bear, you okay with that? I mean, that's. Fine. I mean, this this is sci-fi super show material. I don't know if we want to spoil stuff. Oh, you can spoil away. Yeah, we've been talking about this show too. Still, I mean, there's still current stuff going on. Yeah, but it's specifically wheelhouse of sci-fi super show. Which, if you haven't listened to the sci-fi, then let me let me wheelhouse. get this out there. If you haven't listened to the sci-fi super show, what's wrong with you? Get on there and listen to it because that's Papa Bear's thing, and he has some weird people call into that show. <laughs> 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 I have some, uh, yeah. I've been having some people call in, and uh, it's, it's weird. It gets, uh, it, gets <laughs> it gets weird. Uh, but, yeah. but hey, I mean, I, I like it, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I like it. What are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. um, all right. So, sorry, Tim. What, what, what did you want to say, Tim? No, nothing. I'm good. Let's talk, no. Fun sisters. No, let's talk Falcon. Now, I'm curious what you want to say. It's fresh in my head because I actually just watched it this morning. Yeah, well, I haven't watched it in uh, a few days, so it's I okay. loved it. You know what yeah, I found surprising? Um, I'm gonna, Walker. What's his name? John Walker. John Walker. John Walker. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I and I can't believe I'm going to say what I'm about to say. Love his character. There's been so many memes and jokes about, you know, this is uh, the, the cheap version of Captain America. This is the wish list version of Captain America. This guy, because I'm a veteran, I'm not a combat veteran, but this guy is broken profoundly um, because of his combat experiences. Something we do not see in the original uh, Steve, uh, what's the real Captain, or the first Captain America's name? Steve, Steve Rogers. Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers. He did a great job with his story arc. I agree 100%. Yeah. He comes across as both grotesque and endearing, well, not endearing, like sympathetic at the same time. He well, the, uh, he, at, he is the broken he's just soldier. Super arrogant, too. Yeah, at yeah. First. Because that's what he's been trained to be. He's trained to not show weakness. He's trained to just, uh, you know, no, no, I'm in charge. I do what I have to do. But you see that he is a broken man trying to do the best that he can despite his brokenness. And he's, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I, he's a mixed bag, and that's why I like him. Because there is very much good in him, and there's there's some darkness there. I, I So... In, in other words, by the time this is done, and there's a meme out showing him, you know, doing some questionable, morally questionable things as far as fighting enemies go, and they're like, actually, this is a better portrayal of American military action. You know, the memes is kind of a joke, kind of not, but it, it, you know, in in good humor, there's an element of truth. And John John Walker, that sounds too generic, but that's his name. He is that. Kind of the U.S. military, which I was a member of, so I'm like, it's a force for good, has been used to do some questionable things in foreign countries. And I do understand why foreign nations look at our military with a lot of uh, suspicion. And I think he plays that so well in that he's like, yeah, these are questionable things, but 
I don't get to choose my missions. I don't get to choose what I do. This is what I've been ordered to do. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I could talk about that all night. Bottom line, I loved, I loved the series. And that's a, that's a one-off, right? Like, that was just simply a setup for, like, the next um, Marvel movies. That's not supposed to be a continuing series, right? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. it's paving the way for Captain America 4, which, you know. And uh, the resolution of who is Captain America, that genuinely, again, I'm not a man easily moved, but they, they did it. They struck all the right chords with me, and by the time it was done, I was both proud and sad at the same time because it was it was beautiful anyway was that enough tim have i have i tried your patience far enough <laughs> he left i guess i did <laughs> <laughs> i guess I'm i here. tried his patience too much um i'm here okay <laughs> so bad batch is coming out in nine days tuesday may the fourth uh, okay yep yeah, okay. Do you, did you give up? <laughs> uh, well, we're missing the uh, Star Wars Lego Skywalker saga, which is a bummer still. That one's <sighs> still on hold. No new information. Next yeah, piece that, that we have sad. after that is uh, not until September, which means August is going to be uh, kind of a... Well, I guess we can, that, August is going to be movie month. I'm going to watch some Star Wars movies because we'll have Bad Batch all through uh, May, June, July... And then September, we get the Life Day Treasury Holiday Stories. Nice. Holiday Stories. So what do you think that actually means? It's going to be a collection of... Um, it's going to be a collection... Carols? Yeah. Carols and lessons. <laughs> Are um, we going to be singing these around our Wookiee Life Day tree? I hope so. I think it's a. It's supposed to be a collection of different short stories from across the galaxy, um, talking oh. about myths and fables. It is eight myths Ooh. and fables. Wasn't that a song by REM? Ah, uh, it's myths and legends. Sorry. So, uh, that's what's coming out then. But Wookiee Life Day becomes our next uh, Papa Bear. Were you gonna say something? I saw something on. Uh, it was about Doctor Afra. <laughs> And they had cast Dr. Afra, I think. I'm not sure if it's cast true or not. For what? For like a live action thing. For for what? Did you, I mean, is that going to be like in uh, like Knights of the... Well, shoot, that time period. Oh, what know. show would that what, be One of the many things coming out. I saw it. I'm not sure if it's true. Oh, it's that's rumor, exciting. You know? Who would be a good Dr. Afra? Huh. Have to think on that one. So our next uh, our next benchmark is uh, Wookie Life Day, Wednesday, November seventeenth, two hundred six days away. Also uh, known as Mama Bear's birthday. So uh, make sure you're getting your beats going for that. And then a huge one is this. Uh, so as Tim has pointed out many times, if we know the month but not the day, we always assume the last day of that month. So the Book of Boba Fett. We're saying Friday, December 31st, which, of course, is the latest it could come out because we know uh, December. It'll be out before Christmas, I'm it sure. Will. It will. It'll yeah, come. Gotta, my guess is it comes out on... Ooh, yeah, why don't I, we have The Mandalorian on here? Nobody's going to release season three. The, We don't have a release date for you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, New Year's Eve is a good time to get an audience, apparently. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, so the longest it could possibly be is 250 days away. Did you see where they did come up with... Uh, 
like kind of, I don't know if you'd call it a poster. Uh, they did come up with a book of Boba Fett image, which has him and Fennec Shan and a few other people in it. Um, ah, so sweet. Ah, so excited. Uh, so our next date is a long ways out in the future. Star Wars Celebration 2022. Thursday, August 18th, kicks off three-day celebration, Anaheim, California. Get your tickets now. Probably can't, actually. Um, actually, you, you can't, because with COVID, we still don't know what the fate of anything is. Um, but that's 480 days away. You got something else on here. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. So, last week we announced this, and I was a little bit confused. Friday, December 22nd. 902,023, goodness, man, uh, 971 days away. Is that a movie or a TV series? That's a movie. That's what that's I thought. Next, that's our next in-theater movie. So, um, do you... <laughs> that's the one that's being directed by uh, um, Patty Jenkins. Okay, don't say Rian Johnson. No. Uh, currently, I think he still holds... Who's Patty um, Jenkins? And... Uh, she did, um, oh Move. gosh. Google, quick Google. Who's Patty I'm Jenkins? I'm trying to remember. Um, Let's see who's faster. Huh? Patty oh, Jenkins is, uh, she did Wonder Woman. Uh, she also did, uh, the pilot episode of The Killing. She received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination for Outstanding Directing of a Drama Series and won Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding... Anyway, so she... Uh, so, uh, not no lightweight. Oh my gosh, she's only uh, one year older than me. She is so much more accomplished than I am. Oh, no, she's so, not. She, she only has one child. I have two, so I'm more accomplished than her. Boom. <laughs> I guess it's all metrics. It depends on how you measure things. <laughs> Papa Bear, say a joke. A joke? Are we oh. done with countdowns? I think yeah. so. All right, so that's exciting. Um, Rogue Squadron. Uh, I mean, what's exciting is that nine days from now, I have 90 minutes of new Clone Wars. Now, Star Wars fans, so again, uh, you know... I've talked about this before. I'm on these uh, Star Wars uh, Facebook uh, groups and stuff. And over and over again, questions come up from Star Wars fans. Uh, you know, I never really took time to watch the uh, cartoons. Should I watch Clone Wars? Should I watch Rebels? And, of course, overwhelmingly the answer is, yeah, you should. And, of course, the answer is correct. You should. And if you have not watched Clone Wars, now, Tim will tell you. How you feel about Rebels, Tim? Rebels is awesome. Rebels is awesome. Not the priority right now, though. Because if you have not watched Clone Wars, you need to get in there and watch. And I'm talking about the Filoni ones, not the Gindy ones we've been covering the last two weeks. Go watch the Filoni ones, but there's a lot of them. But you want to be ready for this 90 minutes of Bad Batch. And I promise you, if you have any interest in Star Wars at all, by the time you are done with the Clone Wars series, you will be very much emotionally invested in these people, and you will want to see what's going to happen. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're very accommodating, Papa Bear, but you're wrong. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we ready to talk about Mama? Mama. Yeah. Does? 
Alright, so tonight's episode, we are talking about one of my favorite subjects. We are talking about a group, well, specifically, I guess we're talking about Mother Towson. But Mother Towson is the leader of a group of force wielders known as the Night Sisters, also known as the Witches, Witches of, of Dathomir. Now, do you know where, now a little meta here, do you know where they first appeared? I, I've been doing my research. Well, the first time we ever see them? No, I mean, in, in Star Wars lore, whether it's legends or canon, the first time the concept of the Night Witches oh, uh, the, appears. The, the, the Caravan of Courage? No, the Ewok. Yeah, that we talked about it last week. <laughs> Not Caravan of Courage, the... Uh, officially, because <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, that, that technically no, no, no. What not. Do you mean, what do you mean officially? You said you said legends or well, canon. Well, right, but in, but in Car- well, first of all, that's not official by legends or canon standards. I mean... What I mean is the first it's time a, they actually an mentioned story, but they don't say in there. This is a night sister, a witch from Dathomir. That's that's retconning saying that those are. But I mean the first time they actually go. Okay, we have these people that are night sisters. These are dark side force users. Um, with the first time this comes up, I think it was in a game, wasn't it? Um, it is actually in a novel. Um called The Courtship of Princess Leia, written by Dave Wolverton in 1994. So this is in the, what I call, the dark times before the Empire. Um, the This is the dark ages of, of, of Star Wars. So the uh, prequels haven't come out yet. Uh, we think all we're left with is the, you know, Caravan of Courage stuff. But people are writing novels, like the Thrawn novels are getting written, the original ones, um, stuff like that. And a guy named... Like Kevin J. Anderson. Yeah. Well, a guy named Dave Wolverton writes a book called The Courtship of Princess Leia. And in this, there's a splinter faction of uh, fallen Jedi... Uh, fallen from the Jedi Alia, and I, I don't actually know the story. I, I read a synopsis earlier today. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but her disciples will be called the Witches of Dathomir. So this is the first uh, first time this is brought up in Star Wars legend or canon or whatever. It's legend at this point. Um, and then George Lucas said, you know what? I like this. So he adds them to uh, the video game, Clone Wars Jedi Alliance, in 2008. And Dave Wolverton, you know, went on to say, you know, he was he was deeply honored by this because this was kind of fan fiction he had written. Um, that it's characters that he had created, uh, an entire sect of, of beings. This is the origin of the Night Sisters. I love the Night Sisters. Did y'all know that? Uh, yes. Okay, good. So that's where they're from. That's their that's our introduction to the Night Sisters. If you want to go meta, but as far as the actual average fan of Star Wars, the first time we see the Night Sisters, where where do we see them, Tim? We're Papa Bear. Where do we see them? See them in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, we do. Third season, season three, specifically. Three episodes. <laughs> um. I had it written down. Uh, they come up. Uh, I had it written down. <laughs> yeah. and the, the first it's time the we see them is when we're looking for Savage, right? 
Um, when Dooku's coming down to find him. There is an actual episode. It's the 12th episode of season oh. three, and it actually is called Night Sisters. Yeah. And Mother Talzin. Um, no, this is before uh, uh, Savage Press. This is where we basically find out the origin of Asajj Ventress. So I let's go into who the Night Sisters are before we go into more of the episodes, shall we? Sure. Did, can y'all tell I'm excited by this? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So I'm on the Wikipedia page, right? And it's showing images from the High Republic books on here. And there's a Jedi with a yellow lightsaber, and he has a metal cross hilt. Uh, yeah, crossbar, whatever you call that piece on a sword, the cross guard. Do you think mm-hmm. that's Besker? Definitely. No. Otherwise, I mean, what's it the could point? be, but no, I, I doubt it. It what? is a. It's it's symbolic. Um, <gasps> the Jedi are in a time a of. The Jedi are in a in a, in a time of uh, essentially a time of peace across the galaxy. I mean, it's the golden age of the of the Republic. So he's just carrying um, a tea around on his chest. So the the design, something. anybody that designed it like that would be, for the look of it, not for any kind of functionality. Um, because for the most part, they're not going to be wielding their lightsabers <laughs> against other saber users. No, they're not. So there's not a whole lot of risk to that thing being messed up. Interesting. So... Yeah, Maybe it has talk... a cooling agent and it keeps the heat from the saber away from their hand. That was something I've been wondering about this because you know people have been trying to create real lightsabers, and they have figured out by using basically you can create an extended welding torch. Um, so you know it's propane and oxygen mixed together will create a, a flame that's somewhere around four thousand degrees. Uh, metal usually burns uh, any above twelve hundred degrees. Um, that's got to be... So, a real lightsaber. So, like, when Qui-Gon and Phantom Menace decides he's going to cut through the blast doors by jamming his lightsaber into the door and let it get melt, how on earth do you keep your hands three inches from that and not, like, burn yourself? The Force. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite planet? I feel like that's how I'm coming across tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously it's Dathomir. <laughs> it's Dathomir. So yeah, let's talk about Dathomir because the Night Sisters are from the planet Dathomir. If you are not familiar with the planet Dathomir, you should be. Um, if you love Star Wars, Dathomir is one of the coolest planets ever. It's where Darth Maul is from. Um, it is a planet, uh, as described uh, by the Star Wars website and Wikipedia, surrounded in the dark side of the Force. Dun, dun, dun. So anyone growing up or living on this planet is basically kind of going to have more of a connection to dark side energy. Um, kind of reminds me of the origins of the Sith in that way. Any comments before? I don't want to just like take over the podcast tonight, yeah, which I'm yeah. so tempted to do. My question about them is... Uh... What, they it's like a matriarchal society, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. I used a big word, didn't I? I'm sorry. You did. You said society. This is for children, right? Um, 
not not specifically, but yes, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they uh, they subjugate the male counterparts and they keep them on the other side of the planet. Is that? Yeah, is that, right? that, that they right? keep them separated. I don't know about the other side of the planet, but yeah, they they certainly keep them separated. Um, wow. Yes, this is a matriarchal society. Uh, so the Night Sisters form. These are basically uh, the women of Deathmere. Um, they learned. Now it's interesting. Uh, the Star Wars uh, like website and Wikipedia, they differentiate. They do not deal specifically in the dark side. They deal in dark side magics, and they don't spell magic in the traditional way. So I don't know what that means. But they're they're witches. Um, so I they're think not they're trying Sith. to create a difference to understand that that the magic still exists in 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 dark side powers being however they're funneled through the planet or how they exist in the planet is allowing these these magics to exist so i think that alternate spelling allows it to also be it, it also thing. gives some separation to what we know yeah. as magic here is so, is how i've always read it um but i don't know and i feel like i've seen the word magic spelled that way elsewhere too though yeah i've um, seen several spellings um, for magic okay Archaic. I, I just looked it up. It says archaic spelling of magic. How is so it spelled? So I, I'm guessing they did that just as a differentiation tool. Um, that's so I, as as a Star Wars, as as people who delve into the lore and uh, you know backstories <laughs> of Star Wars, this is fascinating to me because if you don't know like the early history of the Sith. The Sith was actually a species. So when you see the red guys with the weird chin, like tentacles, like they're tiny, um, those were the race known as the Sith, and they were from a place that was imbued with dark force. And uh, now, of course, we're starting to wonder if uh, Yoda's species, whatever that is, Grogu's species, is from like the light side equivalent. Um, that anyone from this planet is automatically going to be more prone to being a Force user. And the Night Sisters, in other words, Dathomir is one of those planets. Um, the people from this planet are going to be prone to Force use, uh, whether they're you know women or men. Um, as Papa Bear correctly pointed out, this is a matriarchal society, so it's the women who take advantage of it. But, of course, two of my favorite Sith come from Dathomir, and they're men. Who are they? Well, three, because Asajj Ventress, who's not a man, One she's also from there. One of them is son. Both of them are, actually. They're both her sons? Yeah, Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul. Is her son. And, uh -huh. and his brother, Savage yep, Opress. The oppressing savage guy. Uh, that guy, uh, you want to talk about a story arc, go back and watch The Clone Wars. Savage Opress is one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. Uh, so who are the Night Sisters? So the Night Sisters, yeah, they are basically a, uh, a group of women who form the Sisterhood, and they they train in these dark magics, um, and over time, they become powerful enough that when we get to the end of the Republic, the leader of this group is a woman who they refer to as Mother Talzin. And Mother Talzin, now one, one of the things I love about the Night Sisters is we don't really understand their connection to the Force or their use of it, because it's very different than the Jedi and the Sith. But whatever Mother Talzin's doing, it gets the attention of the Dark Lord of the Sith, 
Who is the Dark Lord of the Sith at the end of the Republic? I can't remember that guy's name. Darth Sidious? Oh, that's right. His name was Sheev. Darth Ooh. Sidious. So this is where uh, we're actually kind of introduced to um, Mother Talzin and the Clone Wars is Sidious seeks her out and basically tells her, I want to make you my apprentice. Now he's lying, by the way, before Tim or Papa Bear go, no, that's not what he's doing. No, he does say that, but he's lying Um, because he wants something else from her altogether. But this is how basically the Night Sisters are introduced into the galactic struggle. Although, if you look again on the, the fandom sites, the StarWars.com, uh, it does say that the Night Sisters want a galactic empire. I don't see evidence of that in, in what we see from them. But Mother Talzin does get the uh, attention of Sidious, and he comes there to talk to her about being his apprentice. But it's all a ruse. A ruse. R-U-S-E. A cunning attempt to trick us? Uh, that's the definition of ruse. He's <laughs> nice. Darth Sidious is a jerk? Yeah. I think he's a misunderstood man who just wants to bring order to his empire. From my point of view, yeah. the Jedi are evil or something. What did, what did Anakin say? From my, He said both of those things. So I quoted <clears throat> it correctly? Yeah. Yes! I am on fire tonight. I am like... Uh, you know, a ready light strike it match. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. I, interesting. I, <laughs> very interesting. Very, whatever I just said was very interesting. I'm going to tell you what, though. While it's on my mind, let's take a break right now and uh, hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, and that was The Riff, and like I said, join The Riff on Tuesday the 27th to hear a little history of rock and roll from me. I'm Jim, Um, but let's get back to Mother Talzin. I love this character. She's creepy when she talks. They do this awesome voice overlay. Um, so the way I Dave like Filoni, her voice, yeah, yeah, the way Dave Filoni presents her, she is extraordinarily scary. Um, so yeah, it's like two voices speaking at once. So on the one hand, you got this feminine kind of voice, and on the other hand, behind it, so she'll say like, you know, "Welcome to Dathomir." Behind it, it's like, "Welcome to Dathomir," and <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love Mother Talzin. What do y'all want to say? What do y'all talk, Mother Talzin? Go, go, do it now. Mother Tom. Um, I would call her arguably one of the creepiest characters in all of Star Wars. Um, yep. Through everything that happens, you know, just the initial interactions with her, uh, her voice, her look, her her constant, you know, evil smoke that's around her, like just everything about her, just being there and speaking. 
is already creepy. And then we get into the stuff that she actually does, which we'll be talking about shortly here. Um, and as she keeps doing different things, she just becomes creepier and creepier. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, but, you know, she's a she's a great character, but, well, but definitely scary. Wikipedia, I, I had pulled one open too. It actually labels them as Zabrak 2. The, yeah, and I want to talk about that. So they're from Dathmir, like Maul. Yeah. Maul is a Zabrak. Um, Savage Press is a Zabrak. The female Zabrak, so that would mean Asajj Ventress is a Zabrak. Yeah, um, that's, that's so caught the, my attention. The, the females look physically somewhat different than the males. They don't have horns, for example. Um, my understanding... They, they do have horns. The Braks do the, have horns. The females do? Yeah. Because Asajj doesn't. Some of no. the females do have, because there, there's one in uh, one of the books. Huh. And she's got horns, and she actually breaks her horns off and uses them to, like, escape. And what about Daka? Um, and we'll talk about Daka in a second. Daka does have, like, kind of weird horns, too, come to think of it. Although hers are, yeah, crazy. Um, so what there's Zabrak. I wonder if that's a, is that a, is that a canon book? Daka? No, the the what? night sister, the, the female Zab- Zabrak with a. Yeah, it was one of the aftermath books. Ooh, I mean, aftermath. if you just look up Zabrak, you can see that. They're... And if you look at, so uh... I haven't read the aftermath books, and I've, <laughs> oh, I've heard things. I've heard no negative. I haven't heard the best too. things about them. I haven't heard good things about them. I didn't say they're bad because I haven't read them yet. Um, <laughs> the other thing but about all these night sisters because... is that they're always wearing hoods. <laughs> They're creepy. Dude, yeah. here's the thing. They are... I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything about Wiccans, <laughs> but the concept of witches in Star Wars, they yeah, are... horror movie witches. They're... they're, they're yes, exactly. Good, they're that's horror well movie force witches. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's assumed, again, It's this is dark force. This is not... They're not like good Glinda witches out there like, you know... Helping Dorothy on the Yellow Brick Road. These are the the scary witches, um, and I will say this: so when we get to the Night Sister storyline in the Clone Wars, this was so this came out in what 2016, I want to say. So we're talking about five years ago. My daughter, uh, this was the first and only time that she was like, "I can't watch this because it was too scary." Um, so let's let's kind of break down what happens here. So Mother Talzin is the head of the uh, the Night Sisters. Um, she's clearly a powerful Force user, um, extremely powerful. If you, and we're going to get into this more in a second. And that you know what, death doesn't really seem to bother her much. She's going to keep coming back. And for the Sith, that's really unusual. For the Jedi, okay, you know. It's like that meme. Have you all seen that? The Jedi, they die, and they're like, so anyway, and now they're a Force ghost. Um, But for the Sith, usually death is the end. But Sidious shows up at Dathomir because he feels the dark energy coming from this planet. He feels the energy of Talzin. And he at first is kind of trying to seduce her to his ways, like, I want to make you my apprentice, and you're going to join the ranks of the Rule of Two and, and, and the Sith. But he's really after 
this creation she's made called Maul, which is her son. Yeah. And do y'all remember this bizarre trans transition that Maul and Savage Press have to go through? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is that was, wild. Yeah, they force they force the males to compete and the ones that don't succeed die. It's very Spartan esque. Um, and they're very, they're, they're like, uh, they're very emaciated, they're thin, they're not intimidating. Um, but when they're chosen, like Maul ends up, you know, winning out and he's chosen and the Savage story is interesting because, but anyway, when they're chosen, Mother Talzin imbues them with so much dark force energy and something else is going on there because they physically become big and strong. Right. It's really cool. Um, so this is the origin of Darth Maul. So when Sidious sees this, it, it's basically all a trick. He always wanted Maul. He didn't care about Talzin. So he Maybe essentially... The, uh, what's what, that? I wonder if the Zebrax are naturally, you know, big and strong and... and Oh, you know, and the females and keep them kind of the, broken. The common practice, the continual practice of the magics, right? The force magic is to keep them in the oh, good in their, their smaller subdued state. Yeah, they seem yeah. a little malnourished. They did. Emaciated was the word I was using. Um, yeah. yeah, so Ball becomes the, the fierce guy that we know from Phantom Menace. And this is where Sidious basically double yeah, crosses. Park. Yeah, which I mean, and every who did not fall in love with Maul as a Sith the first time we saw Phantom Menace, even if you didn't like the movie, which a lot of people, you know, when they first saw it, they 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 weren't, you know, as, as the years go by, people love it more and more. I'm one of those people, by the way, but um. At no point was I ever disappointed in Darth Maul, except for when I thought he was dead, because um, he's one amazing. Thing that bothered me about that, with like Darth Maul, is like they were they were plugging Darth Maul everywhere, everywhere, and he's not in the movie really that much. No, he's like, not. Finally, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. Right? Yeah, which isn't even uh, Ray Park's <laughs> voice, by the way. Um, yeah, Maul is. Friggin' terrifying. He is, he is the perfect embodiment of a Sith. Um, even though we find out later that uh, through different you know stories, that Palpatine or, or Sidious really does not train Maul in the Force the way he should, because he wants him more as an assassin, not a replacement. He's he's waiting for an Anakin, not a Maul. Um, but Maul is a beast. But bottom line is, uh, Sidious betrays Talzin and basically kidnaps her her little son, Maul, to take him as his apprentice. And that's where we pick up their story in Phantom Menace, that Maul has been, uh, you know, Sidious's apprentice for a while now. And then we're going to jump ahead to the events of the Clone Wars. So now we're talking about stuff that happened after Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Um... And what's going on on the planet of Dathomir? Well, I can tell you this. Mother Talzin's not happy with the Sith. 
So she's she doesn't have any real interaction, good or bad, with the Jedi. She doesn't care about the Jedi, but she definitely has a blood vengeance against the Sith because they kidnapped her son, Maul, and yeah, turned did. him to the Sith. And so they have raised a young woman named Asajj Ventress. And she was all like, pineapple. And was she completely pineapple? Because that's going to take me a second. And... So yeah, Asajj is, she's kind of set up to infiltrate the Sith, and she does so by becoming Count Dooku's apprentice. Now we know the, uh, the, the fundamental flaw, well, and it's an intentional flaw, of the rule of two, is that Sith, brace yourself, cut, you know, guys, this, Sith aren't to be trusted. I know, mm. I know, right? So yeah, well, it's technically the rule of two. We know that every Sith seems to have multiple apprentices, and they're trying to decide which one will become one of the one of two. Um, and so Dooku is no uh, exception to this. He's training apprentices without uh, Sidious's uh, approval. Now, this is where we see a departure between the Gendi uh, Clone Wars and the Filoni Clone Wars. Yeah. Because there's a very different origin for uh, for Asajj Ventress and Gendi, which is why it has to be Legends uh, versus Filoni. Um, so Asajj becomes the secret apprentice of Dooku um, in the Filoni Clone Wars. But the truth is she's there because Talzin wants to infiltrate the Sith and she wants her revenge. And it doesn't take Dooku long to figure this out. And uh, Dooku is a beast, man. I mean, we see this, but he really is a beast. Uh, Christopher Lee played him so well. He's he's well done in the in the cartoon series as well. I don't know who who does his voice or whatever, but just the character of Dooku is awesome. Um, but I don't think, and I and I agree with you with Count Dooku. We should do an episode about Count Dooku. Yeah, like I feel like he is exceptionally strong. However, yeah. um, it's it's one of the. It's it's one of the minor failings in uh, um, episode two, like when he battles Yoda, it really seemed more like Yoda failed than Dooku did well in the battle. Yeah, like I didn't I, get a oh Dooku's so strong and powerful, but I he he <clears> should <throat> be, and I I don't think they actually did a really good job of showing how powerful he is. Yeah, he beat That's Anakin and Obi Wan. I I know, but. It still they wasn't. were both young and inexperienced at the yeah. time. I would. That's interesting you say that because uh, I was thinking in my head, Dooku is kind of the human dark side equivalent of Yoda in some ways because Yoda is nine hundred years old, which apparently for his species makes him old. Dooku is old for a human, and yet because of his reliance upon the Force, he's extraordinarily powerful. And I think they really try to show that off in Revenge of the Sith, where he does a backflip, you know, off of a platform just to introduce himself. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know how old he's supposed to be there, 80 years old? Well, yeah, um, like, like Torpedo Bullet impressive. Palpatine later on. Yeah, that, that's, that's wild that you got this older man moving like this. And again, Yoda is like that for his species. Well, but anyway, with Dooku... <laughs> He's taking okra crust, you know. That's I the only drug on the crust. market what made about, out of fried okra. 
Oh my gosh, I'm a child of the South, Southern United States, and I gotta tell you, fried okra is one of the greatest things ever made. Then you'll love okra crest. I need it. I need that. That and fish oil, apparently. I don't even know what that does. I just. I've never heard of it. Whenever I see that commercial on TV, I always just say it's the only drug made from okra. (laughs) Well, they never had my great aunt's uh, fried okra because that stuff's a drug because you can't get enough of it. Anyway, so Dooku. Yeah, he takes on Asajj uh, Ventress as an apprentice. Sidious finds out and basically says, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. You're my apprentice. Kill her. And the Night Sisters send assassins to kill Dooku. Do you remember this? Yeah. So this is an episode of Clone Wars, and it is so cool because they they use this, like, cloaking technology. um, And the Night Sisters basically, uh, they attack... Dooku's palace. Um, so I think there's four of them. They can't kill him. Um, even though it's it's a crazy fight, and there are many times where Talzin will dominate Dooku. I mean, absolutely dominate him, but this is not one of them. But this is where Asajj Ventress is uh, betrayed by Dooku. He decides to kill her, and that's when, you know, okay, so now she has no home to go to except for the Night Sisters. So Asajj Ventress essentially was a Sith apprentice for a while. Sidious finds out, says, nope. And oh. so instead of dying, she survives, but she returns to the Night Sisters. Several Night Sisters do attack Dooku in his palace. Great episode, by the way. Go watch it. It is, uh, which episode is that? That was, uh, that's the one titled Night Sisters, 12th episode of the four, of the third season. Holy cow, I said 2016. That was 2011 that episode came out. Um, wow. So anyway, go back and watch it. And you get an introduction of just how powerful and crazy the Night Sisters are. They don't use lightsabers. What is their primary weapon? Do you remember? Not not of Asajj, but of the sisters. It's a it's a really cool force weapon, and from what I can tell, bows. Exactly, they have bows and arrows that fire these uh, force bolts. Um, It is cool. I love it. But bottom line is, yeah, okay. Dooku's now on the watch out. You know, on the lookout. He's he doesn't trust Talzin now. Um, But despite that, he's still going to get his next apprentice from Talzin as kind of a way to supposedly smooth over these muddied waters. He's going to go to her upset. And Asajj Ventress is now wanted by Dooku, but Talzin is going to give Dooku his new apprentice. And who is that? Do you remember? Savage? Maybe Savage. Yeah, so Maul's literal brother, another Zabrak male, who uh, Mother Talzin will imbue with the dark side force, making him huge and powerful. This is one of the coolest scenes in all of Star Wars. I don't care. Movies, cartoons, live-action Mandalorian. One of the coolest scenes is when Dooku says, You know what, Savage, I'm thinking about taking you on, but first got to prove yourself. And do you remember how he has to prove himself? American Ninja Challenge? He had to sell six used cars in under 24 hours 
Oh. oh no, that's the plot of the movie used cars. Um, no, <laughs> that, that's a movie. <clears throat> that is a movie, actually. Oh. It's it's in the same vein as um, Cannonball Run and all oh. that stuff. It's a comedy from the early '80s. A <laughs> used car or that used car. Reminds me of that movie with uh, Michael Keaton and he gung ho. Remember that one? I do. Oh, yeah. Where <laughs> he was working for a Korean company then. I think. Anyway, was it Korean? No, uh, a I mean, it was uh, Japanese. <clears throat> so this is before they knew uh, the the Jedi Council knew for sure that, uh, or no, was it after the Dooku was uh, was a bad guy? I guess it was after because all this is Clone Wars. They yeah. send a Jedi Knight and his Padawan to Count Dooku's castle, and Dooku's. Tell oh, Savage, yeah, yeah. you have to kill them without using a lightsaber. And he goes out there with a metal staff, and he very quickly and easily destroys them both. And it's the first, our, it's our first real introduction to the power of Savage Opress. And he goes on to become one of my favorite characters. Well, that, that, lived. That, was a, that was a magic staff. No, I think it was a piece of metal he picked up. I think it was like a candelabra. No, they, they, like, created, like, a magic thing for him. Really? Like, yeah, the Night Sisters did that. They, like, pulled it out uh, of the earth. Go back and watch it. I go back did. and watch it. We should all... No, I mean all of us. I mean the audience. We should Ooh. all go back Ooh. and watch it. Like, right now? I love Savage Press so much. I... Yes. So, this takes us back to... Okay, so, bottom line is... The truth is, the Dathomirians cannot trust the Sith. Can you believe that? You can't trust the Sith? That's... But um, oh, so Savage he, but he Press, killed his, he killed his brother. That was earlier. I don't think we talked about that during the during the trials. He did to become. So there was three of them. That. Yeah, it was Maul. It was Savage, and I forgot the the third brother's name. But you're right, Savage, Farrell, very outstanding, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Savage had to kill Farrell in order to become the next. You know. Acolyte of, of Mother Talzin, and well, yes, he kills this him is after he was imbued with all the strength and stuff because he chokes uh, him with one hand. Ah, uh, he's a beast. Savage, like roided out. He's on the Oprah. Press. He is. He is. It's 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 messed up. But um, Savage is eventually convinced by Asajj and uh, Mother Talzin that he should also turn against Dooku because this whole thing is a giant plot by Mother Talzin. To get vengeance against the Sith over what happened with Maul. I love that. I love this whole story arc. Because um, it's dark side versus dark side. And it's it's such good Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. The crazy thing is, again, kind of like Tim was talking about, uh, we this is an opportunity to see... How good and power, like not good, but how powerful Dooku really is, because Asajj basically hooks up with Savage secretly and says, "All right, we're going to attack him simultaneously." Oh my gosh, he he plays him like a toy, man. He oh yeah, Dooku has no problem defeating Asajj and Savage at the same time, and while that might sound like, well, maybe Asajj and Savage aren't that powerful. We later see those guys square off against some of the best, and they hold their own. Um, Asajj beats Grievous in one fight, um, and we see Savage stand up against uh, Obi-Wan at one point. Um, so these are not weak force wielders, it's just Dooku's that good. 
um, and he beats him down. And this is essentially going to do a couple things. It uh, it will set the Sith permanently in the form of Dooku, Grievous, and Sidious against the Witches of Dathomir. And the other thing it does is it kind of leaves Asajj and Savage, and later Maul when he comes back, um, kind of leaderless. Like, they can't be with the Sith anymore, even though that's what they were supposedly trained for. So, I, I love the story arc. I could go on for about eight more hours. What, what, what do y'all want to talk about? Do you want to talk about what happens next in the story, uh, the story arc with them? Yeah, let's get creepy. <laughs> let's get creepy. Well, I'm not sure what you mean, but well, I think I do know what you mean by this. So, yeah, what's going to happen here is uh, Count Dooku and Grievous, under Sidious's orders, are basically going to be ordered to wipe out the Night Sisters of Dathomir. I yeah. love, and again, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars. This is some of the best storytelling. Some of the, I mean, I love the 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 animation. It is, it's truly creepy. Like I said, my daughter. This is where we get to the part where she was like, "Ah, uh, this is too scary. I can't watch this. This is some so intense me, was, stuff." Asajj was back at this time, right? Was Asajj? Uh, yes. Back? Yeah. Asajj goes back to to Talzin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She has yeah. no home. This is what makes Asajj one of my favorite characters. is and because her home she has left is destroyed. Yeah. Eventually. So Grievous shows up with an army of droids uh, yeah. on Dathomir with the job of wiping out the Night Sisters. And they call upon, um, what's her name? Daka. They, they, they call her Old Daka. And she, you want to talk about creepy. This this is a witch, and like I said, she kind of has, has like, they're not really horns so much as almost like a triceratops type head thing going on here. But she's just this old woman who sits in this little room wielding magic, which is dark side energy. And what is, y'all y'all know this, What what is the last line of defense? So when the, when the droids come down... Just like they did on Naboo and uh, Phantom Menace, they start coming off of their ships, and there's thousands of these battle droids, you know. What, is, what does Daka bring up to defend Dathomir? Well, the Night Sisters, obviously. Not just the Night Sisters, but the Night Children and the Night Women. No, no not just Night Sisters. This is uh, the creepy part. The former Night Sisters. Yeah, um, the ones. Yeah. The the ones formerly known as the dead, in other words. Yeah. This is so sweet. These are zombie night sisters. They took the already creepy looking night sisters and made them. <laughs> and made them so scary. Zombie demon fairy night yeah. sisters. So they bury them in these weird pods that are like hanging from trees. The the bodies of these dead night sisters, and then when Daka starts to wield her magic, these pods open up and these zombie night sisters drop out. It is so creepy. Like I said, my daughter, who at that time, I don't know, uh, I'm guessing, I'm thinking she's around 9 or 10 years old. This was too much for her. And honestly, I was like, whoa, didn't know I was going here. <laughs> or, but because she's like, I can't watch this. I'm like, understandable, honey. Um, it is, but as a grown man, I'm like, this is so cool. Um, like a whole, 
zombie army of dark force wielding night sisters emerges from the dead to fight the droid army. This was so cool. So Daka is the one wielding the army of the dead at Mother Talzin's order. Because remember, tonight's episode is about Mother Talzin. And Talzin is in charge of all the things the Night Sisters do, whether it's Asajj going off to be Dooku's apprentice or Savage going off to be his apprentice. Um, she's she's orchestrating the stuff as payback for him kidnapping Maul. Um, so Asajj challenges Grievous to one-on-one combat. Uh, up until now, this is a very even battle. The, the dead Night Sisters and the living Night Sisters fighting the, the droid army. And Grievous is like, Yeah, let's do this. And so he's fighting her, and Asajj is winning. Yeah. And Grievous is like, uh, Gonna cheat now. And basically orders his battle droid to attack Asajj. She's wounded. This gives them the break they need. They the uh, the separatists led by Dooku and um, and Grievous are able to find Daka and kill her, which ends the resurrection army. So the zombie army is is destroyed when uh, when Grievous is able to kill Daka, and now this just leaves literally um, Asajj and Talzin because the Night Sisters are being killed off. Because they're outnumbered like 100 to 1 by the droids. Um, and they are killed off. And now we retreat into their main lair. And it's just Talzin and Asajj. And, and Talzin basically tells Asajj, you need to escape. Find whatever life there is out there for you. And again, it's one of the reasons why I love the character of Asajj. Like, where does she go? And we know she ends up being a bounty hunter and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Even to the point where she helps Jedi. She helps Ahsoka. Um, because she has no home. Um, and of course her ultimate end is, I think, kind of pathetic. But you know what I'm talking about, don't, I, don't you? Say that part again. My, my Asajj's ultimate end <laughs> is actually pretty pathetic. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I because was, she's, I was going to bring him up too. <laughs> she she's without a home, so she doesn't know what to do. So she she goes into being a bounty hunter and stuff. Uh, just to finish that story arc, Asajj Ventress, according to canon, and I hate that this is canon, falls in love with a Jedi. What's his name? Quinlan Voss. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. Quinlan, Quinlan Voss. Voss. Probably my least favorite Jedi of all time. Um, she falls in love with them, and in yet another attempt to kill Count Dooku, she ends up being killed. Um, I think Voss survived that, by the way. But that is the end of her story arc. But we're back. To, let's let's back up. So what happens? Mother Talzin tells Asajj to escape. Daka's dead. The drone, uh, the 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 droid army rather, kills all the Night Sisters, as far as we know. And it's only Mother Talzin left. And you know what she does? She pulls an Obi-Wan on the Death Star. And we've never seen a dark side user do this except for Mother Talzin. You know what I mean by that, right? When she released, she stops her lightsaber from being ignited and just... She just holds it up in front of her. 
She retreats into the spirit world. Thank you, Papa Bear. You're with me. That's what I said. She held a lightsaber up in front of her. She did not have a lightsaber. She basically... That's what Obi-Wan did. But that's not what Mother Talzin did. And I said she did what... Okay. She she releases her her physical body (laughs) and retreats into the Force as just a spirit. We've never seen a dark side user do this before. And she maintains her identity... Because this is not the end of Talzin's story. So she, her body is destroyed. She's, she's essentially killed with, uh, by Grievous and Dooku. But that's not the end of the story, Tim. Papa yeah. Bear, you're with me. You, you smell what I'm stepping in, right? What I'm stepping in is the awesomeness that is Mother Talzin. Yeah, you smell that? Fast too, yeah. Yeah, you smell this, that. This don't story, you? this storyline was was crazy. Yeah, so she's she's basically figured out a way to steal force energy from living beings as a spirit. She figures this out, and this is also a story arc found in the Clone Wars cartoons. Unfortunately, starring Jar Jar Binks and Mace Windu, my two most favorite characters, um, a Sith Lord. Anyway, um, so Mother Talzin is trying to bring her body, her corporeal form back. That comes from the Latin word corpse, which means body, corpus. Um, Yeah, her corporeal form back. Um, And they're stealing life or force energy from living creatures and harnessing it. And once they get enough, Talzin will be able to reanimate as a living physical being that's actually happens twice but i don't want to get too much into the weeds uh, go watch the clone wars cartoons is what i'm getting at um this is stopped surprisingly by jar jar banks and this is going to be the last time we see mother talzin so we really don't know what ends up happening with her uh her attempt to achieve uh, a physical form again is disrupted by mace and jar jar banks <sighs> Um, but it is cool and it's worth watching because you do see the spirit of Mother Talzin commanding and controlling these beings. Um, so again, Mother Talzin, despite everything, is a powerful force. She is basically a force ghost, but she's a dark force ghost. And she seems to have far more power than, say, you know... So we see Yoda, we see, uh, you know, Obi-Wan as Force Ghosts, but we don't see them wielding any power in the real world. Yeah, it, it implies her being closer to um, what we what we do actually see that some of the Sith do in Legends, uh, and essentially what I love her. Palpatine ended up doing at the end of Return it of the Jedi. It is. And I think he, it's the inspiration for Palpatine. Yeah, well, that's where. So we we saw this quite a bit in Legends. Exar Kun did it. He was he was latched onto a temple. The big difference was with her was she physically attached to something because um, they had to latch their bodies on, into or onto something dark Some side. Sort of like, object. No, yeah. as far as I know, no. She's just kind of out there because when we see her again, she's on a planet far away. I can't remember the name of the lady they kidnapped. Um, and there's and there's obviously more to her. She has access to, um, what did they call it on uh, on Dathomir? The uh, Dathomir's it was like I C H 
O R Iker. Uh, Iker actually just means the fluids that are inside of bodies. So, like, if you squash a... Oh, okay. Uh, I thought that was a... If you squish a bug, that's Iker. Um, the, I'll tell you, the first time I ever encountered that word was when I was a little kid, and I was reading Lord of the Rings, and Sam stabs, or maybe it was Frodo, but one of them stabs Shelob, the spider. And it says Iker spelled out. Um, so Iker is just simply the fluids inside a body. Um, so yeah, that's the word that they use to describe what Mother Talzin like inhabits. Yeah. Spirit Iker was the base for all yeah. magic employed. Yeah. So I, you know whether whether that in itself had something to do with her ability to and, and that's that spirit Iker that could have been what she was actually attached to. Um, which would make it fit more into her not, you know, transforming into the force, but her using that that kind of dark side. My spirit can latch onto something until I have, you know, a way back into a physical form, which was cool because that was the entire purpose of the story. And it's very similar to what Palpatine ultimately does, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, the Palpatine story I think kind of comes from. Mother Talzin, and it is interesting that the way Mother Talzin is uh, introduced to Star Wars is that Palpatine senses her presence in the Force, is like, I need to seek this person out. Now, that having been said, so we've talked about Mother Talzin, right? Um, so, that's not the end of the Night Sister story. Nope. Um, because there is a video game, isn't there? There is a video game. What's that called? Jedi Fallen Order? It is called Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, and one of the planets you can uh, travel to is Dathomir. And now Dathomir is a shell of itself in this game. But we have to talk about it. Gary. Um, I love it. I love it. It's my favorite part of the game. All Uh, the creepiness of the Night Sisters is uh, there. Because, yeah, so in the game, if you're not familiar with the game Jedi Fallen Order, you play basically a Padawan who survived Order 66, and you're now kind of trying to learn to become a Jedi again, and you have a series of quests and stuff. Well, one of your quests takes you to the planet of Dathomir, which, again, has been destroyed by the Empire, has been destroyed by Sidious, but the old temples are kind of there in, you know, shattered form, and there's all kind of creepy stuff there. And when you're there, you meet a character Marin. called Marin. And I love Marin. Yeah, she's Marin apparently awesome. the the lone. Would you say she's the lone survivor of the Night Sisters? I got That's that what impression. They say. Yeah. And I love. She has one of the greatest lines in Star Wars about Jedi and Night Sisters. Um, so you meet. You're a Jedi Padawan. And in the in the game, and uh, Marin at first is an antagonist, meaning she's raising these dead warriors, like we saw in the Clone Wars, and you're fighting them. Um, but then at one point you realize you have a common enemy, and that's the Sith. Yeah. And Marin said, "I love this so much." Do you remember her line about why she was willing to join the Jedi, you know, Padawan Calcastus? No. 
She said, I love this line. She said, Jedi and Night Sisters do not travel together, but survivors do. I love it because she had just given the speech about, I saw all my sisters killed. You saw all your Jedi killed. And then she says, Jedi and Night Sisters don't travel together, but survivors do. I thought yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, um, I remember that. that was and and like Marin. Marin is just an amazing character, and she does seem to be the lone surviving night sister. So when you go to uh, the planet of Dathomir in the game of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, it's very creepy. It's gorgeous, and there's just this one woman living there with these kind of dead soldiers. Uh, it, it's creepy and beautiful at the same time, and I love Marin. Um, anyway. So this is kind of where the Night Sister story ends, because uh, how far, where where does in the timeline does Jedi Fallen Order take place? Because it's around the time of, um, it's obviously before uh, Return of the Jedi. It's it's around the time of New Hope, I guess. Yeah, I think it's right, I think it's still all right before. So yeah, we the Jedi have been essentially exterminated. The Night Sisters have been exterminated. Um, but we have this one poor Padawan and this one poor Night Sister, you know, teamed yeah, up it's together. Five years after. Five years okay. after Order 66. I love it. And that kind of takes us to the end of the Night Sister story. Now, so as far as we know, we, we don't really have an end for Mother Talzin. Um, her last attempt to gain a body, which is, again, destroyed by Jar Jar and, and Mace, it is thwarted, but we don't know what happened to her. Like, if she's still out there as a Force ghost trying to do this. Um, she yeah, is not brought up. It kind of implied that, that she had this one chance and she was out, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't really clear that this was her only way. Like, when I saw it, I thought it was kind of implied that, that this was it. Like, she had to do this, or she was, you know, like, she was putting all of her, all her eggs in one basket. Um, but it wasn't, I don't think it was specifically stated. You know, it was kind of hinted at. Yeah. So, Mother Talzin might or might not be gone. Like Tim said, it's kind of hinted that she is. But Marin proves that at least she survived... The, the destruction of uh, Dathomir. I, I love it. There's, there's a weird uh, continuity here. There's a weird comparison here. You know what? Papa Bear. Papa Bear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. going to use a word now. Yeah. Juxtaposition. Okay. You like that one? I, lo I love the band. There's a weird juxtaposition between the survival of the Night Sisters and the survival of the Jedi. Uh -huh. Marin is the last of the the Night Sisters, and you know, we have a hundred of the last of the Jedi. <laughs> Whether it's Cal, Luke, or Ahsoka, or Ezra, or whatever, um, but there is this cool like we survived the Sith purge. Um, if you haven't played the game. Um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, whether you like video games or not, there is a ton of material there for Star Wars lore. There's a fallen Jedi in that game that really brings some interesting information to the Star Wars universe. Uh, Marin, in fact, that's her prime enemy, is this fallen Jedi. 
Um, anyway, I love it. So it, it is but a I great think, game. I, 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 I think I saw something about there being a second one. Or there. Uh, I hope so. One. I hope so I mean, so much. Yeah. And the Who did the music for it. The Who? Yeah. The Who. Did. Townsend. Well, yeah, Pete <laughs> Yeah, I like to say it because it's misleading. It's called the Who H U, not you know W H O. It's a Mongolian rock band called the Who. So when you yeah. start up the game Jedi Fallen Order, you'll hear this. I know and that's a rock band called the Who. Oh, by the way, they did a crazy cool co- uh, cover of some Metallica music. Worth yeah, they do, to. they do some fun stuff. I listen to their stuff. Yeah. The coolest thing about the the song that they did for Fallen Order is that they were actually charged with listening to um, some you know some Star Wars movies, and they essentially created a language to do that song in. Yeah, my understanding is like because Tibetan throat singers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they're singers. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what they're hitting they're, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they had to kind they, of create this. They created the language based on some stuff they'd heard in Star Wars, and they actually did an interview. And someone was like, you know, will you will you do that live? And they're like, no, it's way too hard. <laughs> like, it's not the language we speak. It's it's something different. So like they well, recorded it, <clears throat> and I think they have an alternate version um, that they actually perform. But it's a different. It's in oh. their language. Speaking of which, since we're wrapping up now, because that's pretty much all there is about the Night Sisters. Um, speaker of the Who, I have a new motorcycle. You don't hey. see how that relates, do you? Well, if you if you look at our uh, cover picture on most of the podcast, I think I defaulted it to my old motorcycle, Red Five. Um, I have a new bike, and it's an Imperial bike. I'm sorry, but it is. It's too corporate, and it's too pretty, and it's too clean to be Rebel. So it's an Imperial bike. Plus, I'm hoping that that means that I will miss everything. (laughs) If I do a Stormtrooper theme on my motorcycle, I will never hit anything. Right? Fair enough. Does that sound good? Logic is sound I was riding on this uh, this new motorcycle, and I did put the Imperial symbol on today, so it is officially an Imperial cruiser. Nice. Although my daughter pointed out, and this upset me so much, she's like, but don't the like Imperial Star Destroyers run into everything? Yeah, don't they crash? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> darn it, honey, why? Why would you say that? You fly in a canyon. <laughs> they, they fly into cannons. They fly into Scarif. They fly into the Death Star. They apparently, anyway. But I was they riding fall the in bike. Space. They uh, they do. But anyway, the Who. I was listening to the Who while I was riding my bike the other day. And they do a cover of Metallica's Sad But True. And I gotta tell you, it's better than the Metallica version. So that's my kind of weird ADHD aside about The Who. I think we're done with the Night Sisters. Um, it ends with Marin is the last known survivor. We don't know what happened to Mother Talzin. Dak is dead. Asajj Ventress is dead. I hate that. Gosh, I hate that so much. That in canon, Asajj is dead. That's canon, right? That book? That stupid, stupid book? 
Well, I mean, is anybody really dead in Star Wars? Um, yeah, you know what? Seem to be coming back, you know. Mace Windu's not dead. I mean, yeah, he is. No, um, he's not. He's hanging with Jar Jar. Jar Jar's the Sith Lord. Yeah, Jar Jar's. Um, oh, I mean, Jar Jar's dead at this point, probably. But what was that book? What was the book called? Oh, Dark I Disciple. Dark Disciple. He's not yep. dead. He's molting. <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> Um, Sad, but yeah, 2015. True. That's in the uh, that's in the that's in the canon books. So yeah, the Who, H U, Sad but True cover of Metallica. Go look it up. It's really awesome. All right. Anyway, I think we're done. Night Sisters are all wrapped up. That was our Mother Towson episode. Um, next week we're gonna talk about what are we talking about next week? Big stuff. We are, are talking about the, the your, bad your batch. Podcast? What we know so far. Maybe. Yeah, so next week we're going to uh, tell you who the bad batch are, as far as we know, like Tim said. Because um, we don't know anything you don't. But we're going to analyze the stuff we have. They were introduced to us in the, uh, the recently, well, last year, released last... It's also weird, the timelines. Last season of The Clone Wars, which came out about five years after Clone Wars ended. But anyway, um, yeah, we're going to talk about who these guys are and what we can expect to look forward to, maybe. No spoilers, because we don't know anything. Um, this is just us talking about the Bad Batch and getting excited about it for next week. Uh, um, apparently, they released a bunch of black figures of the uh, Bad Batch. Ah, oh, that's cool. The Black Series, you know? That's cool. Yeah, they did. They did. I actually, um, I saw one in the store the other day. It was with a Bo-Katan Black Series and a quill. They had a quill back out. Um, he hmm. creeps out every now and then. Is this a quill Black Series? I have spoken. This is the is way. Is that quill? Yeah. 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 Quill's I have spoken, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to replace our cover art, because right now it's Red 5 with our certain point of view over it. I might replace it with my new Imperial Cruiser with our certain point of view over it. Okay. Uh, good to know. Oh, and as always, if you want to leave us a voicemail, go to the link at the bottom of the show notes and leave us a voicemail. I've got a few that are quite funny that I don't put on the air. Um, but leave us one we can put on the air. And, uh, you know, say nice things about us and our mothers, because that's been the problem. But anyway, um, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Okay. Um, all right. Well, are we done? Guys, y'all feel comfortable with calling this done? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because... I mean, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> it's like four yeah. in the morning. And I'm right there with you. Literally. Shh. All right. Well, my name is Jim. I'm Tim. And I'm Papa Bear. And this has been our certain point of view. We have spoken. This is the way. Uh, Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always. He doesn't say... Uh, I am your. What does he say? It's not no. I am your father, or is it Luke? I am your father. It is no. I am your father. No, I am your father. 
Audio One.